You're listening to Allied Health Podcast, talking all things Allied Health, with your hosts Danielle Whedon, physiotherapist, and Claire Jones, occupational therapist. Welcome to Episode 8 of Allied Health Podcast. In this episode, Danielle talks with Keely Wilson, a 2019 physiotherapy graduate working in private practice and Pilates in Melbourne. Keely discusses transitioning to practice, especially at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, the highlights and the challenges, and her tips for graduates in finding their first role. Enjoy. I'm here today with Keely Wilson, who is a 2019 physio grad uh, based in Melbourne, working in private practice. Is that right, Keely? Yes, it is. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for taking the time to have a chat to us. Thank you for having um, me. Tell me about yourself and your current role and when you graduated, which I've just said, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so graduated at the end of 2019 from Monash Uni um, and I'm currently working in a private practice clinic in Elstonwick, um, doing lots of Pilates, lots of group classes and then um, lots of pre and postnatal work too um, and then just general physio, musculoskeletal physio. Yeah. Um, been quite the journey to get here <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you said. So my question next is what's your experience as a grad, but it's obviously been very informed by COVID and lockdowns given your Pilates and private practice clinical specialty. Yeah, definitely. So we graduated, everyone sort of started applying in December, November, December, um, and I started off, well, I suppose I didn't stop, but I was pretty picky with the what I wanted in a clinic and I did have a bit of a checklist of what I wanted and, and what I was applying for. Um, and then, so that meant I was limited in the jobs that I was going for. And then it got to sort of February, March, and people were telling me I should probably stop being picky and, and just go for any job. Um, but then I, I got another word of advice that I was better off being picky and getting a job that I wanted and I was really happy in and I felt like I really fit in than just going for any job and down the track being unhappy or not getting great mentoring and, you know, being behind in my skills. So I really stuck to my guns with that and then COVID happened. <laughs> um, so the first lockdown happened about March and there was no jobs whatsoever. Um, jobs started being posted again towards the end of that lockdown. So applied for the job that I'm currently at in June and then yeah. got that job, um, started working for about two weeks and we went into our second lockdown. So <laughs> then got put on hold and, and they were really good. They were so supportive and they said, you know, we have this job for you when we come out of this. If you want to look elsewhere and you really need a job ASAP, then you, you can, but we'll have this job for you when you, when you come back. And I just waited it out. It was the perfect job for me. I, I really felt like I found that fit. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, the culture was really good. Um, so I waited it out for three months and finally started working full time in October. Yeah. And if you, um, given the challenges of um, lockdown and given you're doing a lot of group therapy, I think I might have asked you on the phone as well the other day, but have you been doing much? at any online group sessions or telehealth work? No, we, we did a little bit last year of like generic map Pilates stuff, um, but a lot of ours is, you know, clinical Pilates injury-based and 
there's a lot of telehealth last year, but it definitely has its challenges and ergonomically it's not great either. Um, so we had a few <laughs> injuries. So I haven't, I've done two telehealth appointments this lockdown in the last month. Yeah. Um, and we have a few here and there, but not, not really. And it's not super popular. I think as there's more and more lockdowns, clients are, are more deflated and a, a little bit less motivated. And so you, you don't get that participation like you would have last year. Yeah. 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 And so what was your, you've touched on a little bit, but what was your experience like finding a job? You said you waited obviously for the right job. Um, did, did you apply for many jobs or what was your experience like yeah. before you got your job? I, it all came down to what those jobs offered, I suppose. And I was lucky enough, I worked in reception at a private practice clinic, um, Waverley Park Physio and Mulgrave. And Andrew Delwood, who's the owner there, was really supportive and sort of acted like a mentor. And we sort of sat down and, and decided what a good job was. And I wanted a, a bigger group of people in the clinic, people to bounce off, um, but not... <laughs> one of those chain sort of physio clinics just didn't work for me personally, yeah. um, that sort of business side of things. Yeah. Um, but then also a lot of physios that had lots of clinical experience and, and postgraduates and things. Um, so that sort of narrowed down the job search quite a lot because there's a lot of new clinics popping up around Melbourne that sort of have maybe two physios in them. The yeah. owner doesn't necessarily have any postgraduate um, so I didn't want to work anywhere like that. Just, yeah. just out of personal preference, I really cared about mentoring and getting a lot of support. So yeah, that, that definitely narrowed it down. Yeah, we do. I mean, we speak to grads day in, day out, and I was a grad once myself, but I do think in that first couple of first year and first couple of years of practice, I really think, I know everyone has their own priorities, but I just think the key is ha having good support and supervision. 100%, yeah. It can really, it can really make break your year, but also to feel unsupported. And it doesn't mean that you have to be in private practice, for example. You can be in community, you know, disability, which is fairly autonomous. Yeah. But if you've got the right organisation that offers you the support and that structured guidance as a grad, I think that's just imperative in your first year. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it was the, you know, they always say, have a question ready in your interview. And it was my number one question, what mentoring do you have? Do you have a specific grad program or what are you going to offer me in terms of support? Um, and sometimes it wasn't necessarily, I think you've spoken about like cultural fits and it wasn't necessarily um, their specifics because the clinic I'm at doesn't actually have a, a set out grad program. Yeah. Um, but just walking in and, and you could easily tell how supportive a clinic was going to be the way they spoke to you. Um, and there were a few interviews that I went to where on paper it looked like it fit and it looked like it was going to be a really supportive clinic. And then just walking into the interview, I, I sort of straight away knew that that's not the place for me. It wasn't going to be the fit for you. Yeah. 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 And when you were at uni, did you know that private practice broadly was where you wanted to be? Only... I was figuring out it out in, in my final year. Um, I sort of had hospital in my head until we went on placement, yeah. uh, which placement happens halfway through third year. 
Um, so went on placement, which was all in hospital, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. And it made me question whether I liked physio as well. I went, I, I don't like this. Maybe I don't like being a physio. Um, yeah, and so and then I, I didn't choose my elective in private either because I wanted to see if PEDS was for me, so I did my elective at the Royal Children's. Yeah. Um, which I liked more, but it was still a hospital environment. Um, so I spoke to so many other physios and experienced physios in my final year, hospital and private, asking what their opinion was, um, what I should do. And there were private practice um, clinicians that did say to me, I think you should do hospital first just to get that sort of general experience and then go into private. Um but then there were others that were saying you just lose so much musk knowledge in that. Like if, if in your first year you got a rotation of cardio, then neuro, then you know acute gen med. That's that's a whole twelve months without without using you know your anatomy of musculoskeletal and and those acute injuries. So I didn't want to risk that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just didn't want to end up not not liking physio. Yeah, yeah. That's really the main thing. <laughs> it's interesting. We went to a grad who is um, up in, an OT grad up in um, Brisbane, and she's about to, uh, she's been offered a placement, a job with a company that she's on placement with, and they're um, paediatric private practice. And she said to me, oh, I'm just, I don't know, should I look at a Queensland Health? I feel everyone's telling me I probably should look at getting a rotational role with Queensland Health. But, yeah. uh, but I, my advice to her was, exactly sort of what you're saying as well like it was if you already know for her she already knows who she's done a placement there she knows who's going to be supervising her she's yeah. really comfortable with it she she's pretty sure she wants to do pediatrics I said you know in a year or two you can go back and get a junior rotational role with Queensland Health yeah really at the minute if you know this is for you I wouldn't think twice about taking a job offer with an organization if you know that's for you um, yeah exactly well, yeah and so what about when you were looking for jobs? What did you, anything particular that you might have found helpful in terms of securing employment? Um, I think that checklist is the biggest thing in terms of knowing exactly what you want yeah. um, and knowing the right questions to ask that clinic because even though they're offering you a job, you know, you're offering them your service um, and you have things to offer them and so um, it's okay to ask them questions so that to make sure that they are the right fit for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I was lucky that I had the time and I already had another job that I was able to be picky and take that time to find the right job. And I understand some people aren't in the situation. They just want that job as soon as possible. Um, but if you're in the position to, I think, in the long run, to, to be that little bit picky and know what you want so that you are really happy in your role, um, and you actually enjoy your job, I think yeah. that's important. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like grads as, grads in allied health are more and more, um, it, like there's just so many opportunities for you guys at the minute that you are valuable and that to know that you are bringing value and that you yeah. can ask the questions that you want answered at interview stage and you can, you know, have your checklist or have your top three or have your top five or whatever, you know, your, your non-negotiables. I think yeah. that's a really important thing for grads to remember um because I don't think it comes in health professionals natures either to be no <laughs> you study it and you are that but you, you know to, to realize your commercial value not just 
I'm not talking just salary, but to realise that you are commercially valuable so you can pick and choose all of these parameters in a grad role that you want to yeah. see yourself. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of having something to offer them, private practice-wise as a physio, um, I made sure I had my a certificate in Pilates before I applied. Um, yeah. I, I know a lot of people toss up waiting until they're employed because then your employer can help pay for the course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my owner has, has said to me, my boss, that I wouldn't have got the job if I didn't have Pilates experience. So I think if you are looking for, it, for a clinic with Pilates, you'll look, you'll you'll be on top of the list if you do have that experience. Yeah, that's a good that's a really good tip. And it is easy when you're a student to to sort of forget that you can upskill and get these you know, yeah. these other certificates or accreditations that will help you to get a job that, that you want. Exactly. It sets you apart from everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And what other advice would you offer a grad in terms of securing employment, if any? I think that's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's good. That's good. And what about your transition to practice? The first few months, how did you feel? <laughs> oh, sorry. The first few months you were taking time <laughs> to look for a job. Once I got the job. <laughs> Once you got the job. Yes. Um... It was very mentally tiring, um, but incredibly satisfying. <laughs> okay. So I think because the only clinical experience I had was placement, which wasn't necessarily a nice experience for me just because of the I didn't like hospital. Um, sometimes there's a bit of a power situation as you're, as you're the student. Um, so to graduate and have that autonomy and, and independence and actually see clients get better because of you yeah it's so satisfying and it's just yeah that made you go yes I love this job and I love being a physio and it's yeah. what keeps you going um especially when it does get tiring that mental exhaustion those first few months slash I'm still getting it I'm getting better but you know and a lot of this doesn't come naturally to you yet and you you do have to those clinical reasoning skills just aren't always really quick um, so it is tiring to those to do that work the first few months um, to make sure that you're giving the best service you can. Um, yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah. And do you work in private practice to billable hours? Do you have any billable hours or you, you just work to your clients? To, to I just work to clients, yeah, yeah which yeah. which can be difficult. Um because you might not necessarily get all your all of your notes done in, in an appointment. I definitely yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, my note taking outside of the clinic isn't billed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just have to, yeah. That's that was my question really around the private practice side of things. Is that um you are on, like you are seeing clients, however, whatever your, you know, your clinic treatment spots are, you are yeah. on all the time. And as a grad, to stop and ask a question and go, you know, I don't quite know what I need yeah. to do in this environment, that I imagine that's a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there were certain times in those few months where I had to sort of go to the manager and say, like, I, I need more time in hours, another, you know, 30 minutes to stop and either think to myself or stop and ask another physio questions. Yeah. Um, I think it's really good if you can find a, a clinic that has that support and that is really receptive to saying that because in the yeah. long run, it's better for their clinic, for you, for their clients to get the best care. And so if, if if it means, you know, an extra 30 minutes or an hour a week or a couple of times a week to 
to nut things out or to stop and and think clearly or ask someone questions and it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, I agree. So what would you say your biggest challenge in transition to being a physio is or was? Definitely that mental exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like I, because I was doing my notes when I got home or if I had an afternoon shift that would start at 12 o'clock, I I would spend the entire morning planning. (laughs) So I just felt like I was, I was working 24 seven. So I really had to try and stop myself from doing that and finding that balance of going home and, you know, you don't open the diary for the rest of the night, you sit down, watch a show that doesn't take any sort of brain power or, yeah, really yeah. really trying to block it out and make sure you have time for your life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what about anything particularly that was most helpful in your transition to practice? Um, I think it was just open communication with, mm. with the owner, with the other physios, telling them that they were really good, you know, asking if I was struggling or um, to be able to say that you're not coping and that, you know, the load's too much or you want to increase. Um, I think that was really important um, and it definitely got me through the last yeah. six months. Yeah. 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 And I think if you've got the right employer and the right supportive employer, they're going, that's always going to work. Exactly. Putting your hand up and saying, I need this. I need this to be successful, yeah, yeah. to be a successful physio. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And anything particularly memorable in the first year of practice, 18 months <laughs> practice almost, 18 months probably? Yeah. Um, I suppose, well, it's nice when you pick up something. Like I've picked up a few fractures, something went, oh, that's not quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> um, diagnostically. Yeah. yeah. So that's very satisfying to diagnose. And then a scan confirms that you've done that. You're um, yeah, a bit, reass- bit reassured. <laughs> You're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. And what about anything else? I mean, we've covered a bit, but any any other anything else you'd want to share either with yourself as a grad or with any other grads that are about to graduate? Um, I suppose I've talked a lot about how picky I, I was. Um, that one thing that one of our, one of the teachers at Monash always says is that your first job's not going to be your last job. Um, so, you know, have that balance of making sure it ticks all of your boxes um, but keeping an open mind of what that might look like um, because that first job might give you opportunities that you might not have had otherwise if you did um, too picky. <laughs> I think that is such smart advice and I've, we say it all the time and without repeating it, it is, the you know, the, the, the first five years of your career doesn't necessarily define you but you do yeah. need to get the, the right supports in a grad role yeah. and you will, you will, you know, if you seek out across your career where you eventually want to be, you weigh up, you get, you're right, you get your top, you know, your, the top things you want in a grad role and it, and it can be a stepping stone to where you want to be if it's yeah, the absolutely exactly. perfect role. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I think that that support and mentoring is just the number one, the number one thing. Yeah. I would recommend. Yeah, yeah I would agree. And like you said, like you, you you wanted a job that you felt good in and that you actually were felt like you were achieving in. And that's why you yeah. took your time to yeah. to wait for the role that you've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well done. You're a physio. I know you're a year out now, nearly two years out, but yeah. I think I think too many, a lot of allied health professionals who are very, very intelligent and work very hard through their degrees 
come out and think, can I do this? I, I don't know if I can. Am I really a physio? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of imposter syndrome. It, it is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, excellent. All right, well, thank you for your time, Keely. Um, it was really good to meet you and yeah. have a chat. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Allied Health Podcast. In the show's notes, you'll find links to our free recruitment resources, job opportunities and healthcare marketplace insights. To listen to new episodes, please subscribe via Apple, Google or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your therapy colleagues and friends to tune in. Tune in.